when you start to invest in retirement, once your dollars go into those accounts, they are no longer accessible to you. There's a lot of ways to invest your money, but really it's going to come down to what interests you the most and what you know most about. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We're Rebecca and Dylan, husband and wife and financial coaches for married couples. Do you and your spouse want to reach financial freedom and start building wealth, but you're not sure where to start? Have you tried to budget and pay off debt, yet you struggle to see your net worth actually increase? Rad Money is the finance podcast that helps millennial married couples get on the same page about one of the toughest topics they will face in their marriage. Our goal is to help you and your spouse work together to reach your financial goals and strengthen your marriage along the way. Welcome to today's episode of the Rad Money Podcast. Today we have a special episode. This is the very first Ask Rad Coaches episode. We have received a handful of questions from our followers on Instagram and the podcast here, and today we are answering those questions. And if you'd like to have your finance question answered on a future episode, there's a link in the show notes for a form to fill out and just ask us your question, and it'll be included in one of the upcoming Ask Us Anything episodes. And in today's episode, we're talking about a lot of really big things like paying off debt, trying to save money. And then obviously things are just more expensive than ever right now. And with Valentine's Day a week from today, we know that you might be thinking, "Mm, maybe we don't go to that special dinner this year. Well, we don't want that for you. So we're running a giveaway. We want to give you $100 towards your Valentine's dinner so that you can still enjoy a special evening with your spouse this Valentine's Day. All you have to do to enter the giveaway is number one, follow us on Instagram at radcoaches. Two, leave this podcast a review. Three, take a screenshot of your review and share it to your stories, but make sure to tag us. Once you do all three of those things, you'll be entered to win $100 for your Valentine's Day date. All the details will be shared on our Instagram, but the giveaway starts today and ends on Friday. So make sure that you enter as soon as possible for your chance of $100. All right. So our first question today is from Jenny on Instagram. And Jenny says, hi, I've been listening to your podcast. It's great. Thank you, Jenny. I'd like to hear your advice on extreme medical debt. Even though we have insurance, my husband is a transplant patient and constantly has doctor appointments. Currently that we know of, there's probably around $10,000 in collections. He works full-time, but it's never enough. Do we pay the current medical bills or go back and start paying old ones? Either way, it always feels like we're drowning in medical debt. Well, first of all, thanks so much for reaching out to us, Jenny, and for for being a listener. But we're very sorry to hear about the medical challenges and, of course, the financial stress that's just adding to that. That's so stressful. Of course, the first answer is it depends. I'd love to know more about you financially because medical debt, while it can feel incredibly urgent, especially when it's so directly connected to the health of of you or your spouse, like your loved ones, and even when it can be in collections, like, yes, it can be burdensome. But, you know, are there other things going on in your finances that might need more attention first that would make it easier to pay off sure. those medical debts? So I would love to know more about that. But really, your question focused on, do I keep the bills that are current? Do I keep them current? Do I pay those off to keep them from going into collections? Or do I pay off all the bills that are in collections first? And then maybe some other things start going into collections, like which way, which way do I go? What do I do? Really, the answer there is both. You're going to do both. So the first thing I would do would be to get on the phone with collections of the medical bills that are no longer current. And I would see what they're willing to do, how they're willing to work with you to negotiate your bill down. Even though you have insurance, you still can negotiate your medical debt, especially if it's in collections. And even more so if it's been in collections for a while. I've had clients who have negotiated their medical debts that were in collections 
up to like at least 30%. And that is a lot when you're talking 10K. Yeah. It's absolutely worth doing. And then the other thing is even working with them in terms of, hey, all I can afford is this. I could do like this lump sum right now. There's a strategy that you could work with that. And if they don't buy it on that, you could, you could go really small installment potentially. So there's a couple different ways that you could skin it. But I would absolutely start by at least negotiating with those collectors. And then I would also start negotiating to your current bills. Yes, I totally agree. And any any significant changes that happen to your bills before you make any payments, make sure that you get it in writing. Just so that if you were to get your medical bill reduced down by 30%, make sure they actually have it in the system so when you pay the 70% that on the on the total bill, it actually is final and they aren't asking or looking for the other money later. Yeah, so you need to get it in writing before you make those payments based on the new payment plan that you'd agreed to. Yes. Right. So you need to see that. You need to have proof of that so that they don't circle back later and, you know, be little snakes in the grass. Right. 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 Um, But I would absolutely I know it sounds stressful, but I would work both sides of that equation. I would start negotiating the bills that are in collections. I would even negotiate the ones that are current. And then I would build a strategy that, you know, built off of how successful those negotiations went. Yeah. And I I know that we're big on cash flow and increasing our cash flow. But what you really that probably is the problem right now is cash flow paying for all these bills. So even even if you can just negotiate the monthly payments down a little bit, it's like, hey, it might take longer to pay it off, but at least you wouldn't feel like you're drowning in bills. Well, because that's the thing about medical debt, right? Is like it's really very low interest, if not zero interest. Right. So it might feel like something like I've got to get out of this. But If you've got any other kind of debt that's got interest and it's more what we call expensive debt, then, you know, you still want to work your plan accordingly. Yes. Right. So I think that that's the, that's the other side of it. So there's cash flow. But then there's just the fact that this is really an expensive debt. Yes, it's a burden. Yeah, it's on the liability column. But you really do have more time because it's not hurting you as much as it feels like. Yeah. Grand scheme of things, it's not hurting your financial situation as much as it might feel like. However, getting things up to date and getting things out of collections, that, of course, is hurting your credit scores. So that's really something to be mindful of. But if you do have follow-up questions or you want to chat with us, Jenny, we'd be happy to sit down on a strategy session with you and work out some of the details with you. So question number two, should I save or invest first? Knowing very little about your personal circumstances, I'm gonna make some assumptions here that the saving that you're talking about is the emergency fund or investing in retirement. So we're just gonna pretend that those are the two things that we're talking about. And if you've listened to our episode about the steps of financial freedom, or if you haven't, we'll link it in the show notes, But we are big fans of saving that emergency fund first before you start to invest. The biggest reason that this is really important is because when you start to invest in retirement, once your dollars go into those accounts, they are no longer accessible to you. So that money is locked down. If you did want to pull it out, you hit fees and taxes and all of these different things. So any money that goes to those accounts needs to be there for the long term which is why having an emergency fund before you start funneling money towards your investments is really important because when unexpected bills come up and they will, then you're going to want money set aside to cover those expenses. Yes, exactly. Having the money on the side really just gives you the flexibility to know that you can deal with any problem that comes up and it isn't going to affect your investing strategy or that you had to, like you said, if the money's in investments, I have no savings, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna pay for that bill? Am I gonna put it on credit card? Is it going to become an expensive debt? Having the savings gives you that ability to take care of a bill if, it, if and when it comes up. 
Exactly. Because that's exactly like you just said. You're really wanting to avoid having to use a credit card for these things. That's just where it gets really expensive. And I think this is where a lot of people just kind of overlook the importance of saving because they hear the story so much that you need all this time in the market for your investments to be going. And so they just like feel this rush to invest. And I get it. When time is on your side, that is amazing. And that's so great. But that should really just be a reason for you to get your emergency fund that much faster and take care of all the other steps that we talk about in that episode done so that then you can invest even more than if you skip those steps and also maybe even make up for some of that lost time. Our next question comes from Megan and Megan asks, once you've established financial freedom and a debt-free life, what would you focus on in regarding to building wealth? That's a great question. First, congratulations for paying off all your debts and being financially free. That is amazing. And it makes the next step building wealth so much easier because the only thing you have to focus on is that part. There's no other pieces to the equation. So that's awesome. Now it's about investing that money into assets that is going to make your money work for you. There's a lot of ways to invest your money, but really it's going to come down to what interests you the most and what you know most about. Now that you're no longer worried about all the liabilities and your cash going that direction, really the name of the game is collecting assets. And some assets are better than others, but it really does boil down to what do you know or what are you interested in becoming an expert on? Yeah, because there, there's three big categories, which is investing in the stock market, investing in real estate, or investing in businesses. And so each one of those requires different levels of knowledge and an investment in time and money. Yes. So how much capital do you have definitely is a big indicator. How much knowledge do you have about certain industries is a big part of it. Um, and how involved do you want to be? Right. So the easiest way to start building assets is is obviously the stock market. Yeah, it has a very low barrier to entry, right? We can we can invest as little as $10, $15, $25. You can literally do it from your cell phone. You can be as hands-on or hands-off as you want to be. So if, whether you want to do a index fund, mutual fund route, or straight up be a day trader, that's completely up to you. And one obviously requires more time and more knowledge to be very successful. But the biggest point here is that the stock market is the lowest point of entry, and it's the thing that's accessible to pretty much all of us. Right. It's You don't need a lot of capital up front, which is where if you were going to invest in real estate or a business, you're going to need a lot more capital up front and hands-on time to be involved in those sorts of projects. For the most part. There are some things like syndicate investing where you really just need more the capital and not so much the time. Other right. than the time to find a good deal, a good syndicate to get involved in, that can be a time consuming. Um, but there are different options for all of those things. But the thing that is true for all of these different asset classes, like we said, playing to your strengths. So being able to determine if something is a good investment or not, it depends on your ability to make that assessment. If you don't know a lot about business, then investing in businesses might not be where you want to play. If you don't have the time or the people to teach you how to do that, then that might not be the right path for you. But there are a lot of different ways to build wealth. It's different for everybody. People get into all sorts of really interesting things. I mean, even just investing in gold or whatever, like as long as it has a plan and as long as there's a market, you know, it can make sense and you can make it fun for you if it's a personal interest as well. I have clients who, who've gotten into gold, who have art collections, who do invest in businesses, who are in real estate, who have done syndicates or own their own Airbnbs or like they just do so many different things. And they have all sorts of different asset classes. So it's really cool to know that there's just a ton of different opportunities out there. It's all about just finding the ones that are right for you. Yeah, I think that's a really important part is 
going after what interests you the most? How much time and effort do you want to put into it? Because if the idea of being a landlord stresses you out, then real estate just isn't going to be the avenue for you. Yeah. If you don't want to be part of the stock market for whatever reason, then you're going to have to find other ways to invest because the goal is to build up enough assets so that you can retire and not have to work at some point in the future. So the biggest takeaway is that there's just no one size fits all when it comes to how you invest. I think that that can just be so incredibly boring. So we really encourage you to invest in things that interest you, invest in things that you're knowledgeable about, and things that align with the lifestyle that you want. So don't get started in learning how to be a day trader if you don't want the lifestyle of a day trader. Like you said, don't become a landlord if you don't want to do landlord things, right? So it's all about just making sure that you find the investments that make sense for you. And then at the end of the day, having a realistic expectation for the return that that investment's going to bring. All right. So those were today's questions. We talked about medical debt, investing and saving, and building wealth. We covered a lot of topics today. So if you have a question that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, submit your question using the link in the show notes. And don't forget to enter our Valentine's Day giveaway on Instagram. So go follow us on Instagram and follow the directions there for how to enter to win $100 for your Valentine's Day date. But that's this week's episode. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And and we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.